day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 130. Is it over here or over there? I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Felix as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's a wonderful Saturday morning. It's The weather is good, so no complaint. It's not humid, so I am good with that. The humidity gets to me, so if it's not humid, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Today, we are going to be talking about geocaching. Hopefully I pronounced it correctly. I know I sometimes pronounce things not correctly, but hopefully this time I said it right, right? Yeah, it's it's absolutely good. I'm not a native speaker, but it should be geocaching for sure. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. And uh, it sounds like it has a little French to it because, you know, I'm French and that's why I'm like, oh, caching, like hiding. So, but I'm sure you're going to tell me more about it, of course. <laughs> but before we do that, <laughs> I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is Felix? I'm Felix. I live in Prague in Czech Republic, so in, in the heart of Europe, in the middle of Europe. And I travel a lot. So I always say like, I, I live in Czechia, yeah, but we travel a lot around. But I like traveling a lot. And I think it, it has a lot to do with geocaching as well, because I like to do geocaching when I travel and I like to travel when I do geocaching. So I think it has to do a lot with traveling. And it's great if you have the opportunity to travel and you know find caches all over the world. And it's very different than just doing it in one place. And I also have a really strange hobby of collecting ostrich-related items, if it makes any sense. <laughs> I don't know why. I just love ostriches, and I like collecting stuff that has anything to do with it. So these are my two main hobbies, for sure. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. We're going to definitely dive into that. I cannot wait to ask you all these random questions that you're going to say, Alex, why are you asking that? It's just because I'm very curious. But before we do that, do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects you're working on that you would love to share with the people? <laughs> well, actually, I don't, which is really funny because I was listening to some of your episodes and it's always funny how people like have so many places you can follow them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have any. And my five, my wife always makes fun of me. It's like, you're just weird. You don't have anything. It's just weird. It's sketchy. Who does that? Not have Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I don't use that. Sorry. <laughs> but if anyone uses geocaching.com, they can find me there for sure. But it's not really like social thing so you don't really need to look up other people but it's really like my only profile online <laughs> well you know what that's perfect if you want to share that you're more than welcome to share that one yeah my nick is felixer felixer so my name is felix and like elixir is kind of mixed together that's my nickname there felixer and that's like the only only online media i, I use so i don't i don't have anything else <laughs> but you know what that's perfect because people who are interested in geocaching or people who already do it might go check out that website like you know what i like what felix said I want to find a project. I want to do something with him regarding geocaching. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it, there's a possibility to uh, send messages on there. So if they find me, they can for sure, like, ask questions if they're just starting. Or they can, like, well, meet up with me or whatever if they would be into it. No problem. I, I'm always happy if people ask me about this hobby and I just explain it to them. Especially if they don't know it at all. It could be just sometimes confusing at the beginning. So they can they can message me on geocaching for sure. And I'll be happy to help. And this is why I have you here. So I can just ask all the questions. So I'm confused right now. So yeah. this is why I have every guest. I'm always confused. <laughs> and then they always are very patient and ask, answer every question I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I will be happy to help. <laughs> now we've mentioned geocaching a lot without actually explaining what it is. So if you don't mind me asking, what is geocaching for people who are not very familiar with it? Yeah. Okay. So it could be more complicated, but like the easiest way to say it 
everyone knows what GPS is, right? You have GPS locations, you can use GPS systems, satellites, and basically what it is, if you want to, you just make a height, like a, a Tupperware box, or they sometimes use like old ammunition box or like any box really that, that can serve this purpose. And you go somewhere in an interesting place and hide it there. And you put a logbook in, we call it a logbook because you sign it when we would find it eventually. So you put like, put like a piece of paper and some other stuff. If you want people who go search for that thing, you put some, whatever you want, like toys or coins. Sometimes people put money, whatever you want, you put it in a box as well. Then you hide it somewhere like in, in a forest or in a city, wherever you want. Then you go online and you like put it in the database. So you, so you let other people know, hey, there is a hide there. And you can go find it so it's just basically using gps for a huge international treasure hunt that's that's like the basic way of saying what, what it is so like other people can go and they see oh there is there is something nearby and they will try to look for it and if they're successful if it's not like super hard they will find it they'll be happy and they can sign okay i was there and you sign okay i was here on this day and if you want to you can trade some items because you people put stuff inside they can take stuff outside if they want to and if the box is big enough because sometimes the boxes in the city they're like so tiny you cannot put really anything inside but if if you do it in a forest it's probably a big box so you can put the items in and then and trade them with other people but like there, there are more types of caches but this is like the classic they call it traditional cache so it's just a box it set up GPS location and some hint for people. You say, oh, if you cannot find it, it's look up or something like that. So they can find it. And that's how it basically works. But there are like 12 types of caches. So like this is the traditional, this is the basic one. There are a lot of different ones, but this is the most popular. And like 90% of all of them are set up this way. Okay. So you mentioned there are 12 of them. So which one is your preferred geocaching to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't, 12, I'm guessing. I don't really remember, but I think it's around 12. But my actually, my favorite is it's called virtual cache. And basically, you just have the location and it's mostly really high profile or it's like really old. So you cannot hide anything there. So you wouldn't destroy it. So mostly these places are really, really special. And what do you do there? You don't look for a box, but it's just virtual. So you have to prove that you have been there and the guy or a girl who set up the cache has some some sentence say okay you have to take a picture in front of i don't know eiffel tower and that is the way you will prove you found this cache but it can get really funny it can be like some temple in a in the hills and you have okay you have to count the steps and it will be like twelve thousand steps right and you have to count them and then text them okay it was twelve thousand steps and they're like okay i approve that you have visited the place and you have been there so that's my favorite because these virtual caches are mostly placed in really special areas, in like really old places or something with really high traffic of, of people. So it's really not possible to hide something or not just hide it, but mostly it's not possible to find something and be stealthy enough so no one else notices. Because it happens a lot that people people have look for a cache, they find it and they're so happy about it, they didn't really hide it. And some other people can see you and then they go and unfortunately just take the cash away because they just think it's trash or they don't like people just going there and you know walking around so it happens so you have to be really stealthy when you're looking for stuff and hide your excitement when you find it <laughs> which can be hard if you're caching for like 40 minutes you can find it you're walking around looking from all the different angles then you find it like oh 
I found it. But you have to be really hold it inside and be stealthy and <laughs> you can be happy at home. You know, you know what you do? You <laughs> pretend to be angry. Ah, so people are like, oh my goodness, they're scared. Yeah. <laughs> pretend to be scared. If there's something scared, like, oh, snake. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, don't come over here. Oh, yeah. so scary. And so people are like, oh no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very often, very often it's it's lower on the ground. So what I do, I just pretend my shoelace is untied. So I'm like, oh, I have to fix my shoe and like put it there because you have to take it out. Then you like walk walk hundred feet away. Then you sign yourself in because you cannot do it right there. They would be really suspicious. And then you have to walk back again and put it in the same place. So I like pretend, oh, I, I dropped a pen or something, and I just like slide it in there. So <laughs> I could just imagine. Oh no, I need to tie my shoe here and come back. I need to tie my shoe in the exact yeah. same spot. <laughs> It's just the best knot I've ever yeah. tied. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely teaches you patience because, you know, it's not so hard to find it. Sometimes I find a struggle to put it back like, without anyone. Because if you go somewhere once, it's not suspicious. But if you go somewhere twice and you look specifically, I don't know, I have, a, I have a bushy beard. So, like, people see me and, like, I'm really tall, tall with a bushy beard. I'm, like, really stick out. So, like, oh, this guy was here five minutes ago. That's weird, you know? So, you, sometimes I just sit down and like read a book for half an hour and then i know okay it's safe to go back so i just put it there but if it's in a forest or you know somewhere in the fields you don't care it's very different but if you if you do geocaching in a city it's you have to be really stealthy and some people don't like it so some people just literally go geocaching only in forests and you know fields and on track track hikes and some people prefer the city because it's very different mostly the caches itself are really tiny in a city it's literally like half an inch big you can barely see it if you're even looking right at it <laughs> you know i have another solution to protect the geocaching community i'm sure somebody's already done it but what if you wore one of those yellow vests with a hard hat so it kind of looks like you're a city worker <laughs> and you're just working on a project by the... <laughs> I, yeah i think it can work because sometimes honestly yeah if you're like so obviously doing something in the middle of some busy place and you're like really easily to be seen People are like, yeah, that's not weird. But if you're like <laughs> pretending to be stealthy and you're really not, it's more suspicious. So I, I think it can work. It's like, <laughs> be more obvious about it. Maybe it will work. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up with ideas here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> and so geocaching, you've been doing it for a while. How did you actually get introduced to it? Yeah, I've been doing it for like eight years i think seven and a half something like that i go on and off sometimes i just stop like a year i don't do it daily because you have to have enough cash to surround you so when i travel it's not a problem i'm always on a new place not the problem to find one but if you just stay put at home eventually there's like 20 miles radius nothing around so it's kind of harder for you but a friend of mine used to do it when I was in high school. And he was like, hey, let's do this. And we were just sitting somewhere having a beer. And he was like, let's do that. I was like, what are we doing? Just so weird. And he's being so sketchy. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and he just showed me. Like, he didn't even tell me. He just showed me. Okay, so there's like a box here. We're going to sign it. And it's like, okay, so what's the point? <laughs> but then I saw it and I got into it. And it's really fun. It's really fun. It can show you awesome places. But the first time he showed me, I was like, yeah, okay, okay. And then I started it. And I thought he's like the best guy in the whole world because he found like thousand caches or like 900 or something. I was like, oh my God, he's so good. And now I have like double that. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> Some people have ridiculous amount of cash. Some people found like over 100,000 caches in their life. That's crazy. And actually, so speaking of caches, is how long do they usually last? Like, let's say one project, not project, but like one adventure. Does it last like, I don't know, 50 caches or does it, can it keep going? Mm, you mean like in, in like one, 
one walk or one day, how many you can find. Are they related to each other? Like, let's say you find a clue to one and go to the next one. And how long could that one last? Like that one adventure? Yeah. Well, that's the thing because sometimes people just go for one specific because it depends where you live or if you live in Nebraska and there's, you know, not, nothing around really, you probably there are not so many caches. But in Europe, geocaching, even though it's an American project originally, it's really huge in Europe especially in Germany, but Czechia, where I live, it's like one of the top countries for as well. So it's really concentrated. There are a lot of caches everywhere, like a lot. And you can you can find multiple caches in one hour for sure. But some people just go for like, oh, I just want to do this specific one because it's like super hard. You need like some, some of them because you have difficulty levels on them and some of them are really, really hard. You need to prepare. You need to scuba dive. You need to go underwater. You need to climb on trees you know so these have like specific ones and some people do just that it's like oh yeah okay let's let's you know get the ropes and get everything and climb this tree for like two hours and hopefully we find it or on the other side of the spectrum you have caches that as you said like they're connected to each other people even like create pictures on the map from all the caches like each position on the map shows you where it is right so if you have like 10 of them you can on the map like kind of make like a you know emoji from all the caches, like where the locations are, if you connect the dots. So sometimes you can find like 500 of them in one day. But the thing is, it's not really much fun if it's just all the same. Like I try to just find like not super specific ones, but like go somewhere more fun. Like, okay, there's like old cemetery because some of them are just random. It's like, okay, there's a cache here, come here. But a lot of them, they have a story to it. You open it and every cache has a listing, they call listing and just says something about a cache. But very often, like mine, they always have like something to it. Like, why is it here? So I have one by my house and there's like old cemetery and it just says, OK, there's a cemetery in this tiny little village. And this is how many people died here. This is how old the cemetery is. And you can literally learn just by reading it. And then you find it and you can see the thing in person. So you can see, oh, there's like really, really old cemetery. It's interesting. And it, it could be like, you know, some Albert Einstein was born in this house so there's like a cash in his name like you know for people to learn more about people as well and but if you want like a lot of numbers you can really do like 500 in one day but it's not really fun because sometimes they do these they call trails geocaching trail and you really just drive a car and literally every minute there is a cache there so you just stop run out of the car get in go one minute run out of the car get in but i don't really see that as as much fun that's not really adventure to me but if people like it i'm fine with it like everyone likes different things it's totally fine i love the educational aspect of it it's not just searching for clues and finding objects but it's also there's little antidotes or i don't know how to say that word correctly but there's little points where you're like you know what oh cool this is i did not know this is einstein's house or i did not know this was einstein's favorite tree (laughs) (laughs) that's very specific but yeah like it's very often i would say like 50 50 especially in europe i didn't find it in america as much it's more random there but still it's very interesting but i guess because we have so much history in in europe a lot like you look at a random house and it's you know 200 years old so there's a lot of history in many buildings and i find it really awesome because sometimes i'm just bored so i don't even read it to be honest but sometimes it's like wow that's awesome and i there's like a link at the end oh if you want to know more about this person just you know read this book or something sometimes they get so deep into it and it depends how is it written if it's just boring it's you don't really read it so you just go cash or if you you know geocaching in turkey it's all in turkish you don't really understand it <laughs> but yeah i try to make my caches in the local language plus english so because most people speak english so even if if you know 
tourists come here, they still can read more about this tiny little village and its cemetery. So all of them were checked so far, but I'm still hoping some American guy will just come to this random village and be so happy it's in English and he can read something about it. No, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but uh, have you ever tried geocaching with, let's say, Google Translate? You know how they have that application where you translate the words if you put the camera over it? Have you seen people do that or is it something that you do? Not really. Maybe I will just put it right in the in the website but i but when you like put a camera on it it doesn't really work so so well often but yeah sometimes you can do it when you really need like the hint because they sometimes put the hints and you really cannot find the cache it's all in turkey so i just translate the hint because it's most like one word like down up tree you know some some words you can easily translate but I don't know. I just don't really find it to Google Translate doesn't work so, so well for like long text for me. Or at least that's my experience. So I was just going to add on. And when you do these hints, do you do kind of like, I would say very direct and easy to find hints or like riddles? And if it's riddled, do you do it? Because uh, I know some riddles are culture appropriate in the sense that uh, like, let's say where you're from, there's certain riddles or sayings that makes sense to people where you're from and in the US and other countries around the world, there's different sayings. So when you make your hints, how do you organize them? How do you make your hints? Yeah, yeah. What I do mostly is I just put like the word, let's say it's a stump and I just put like backwards and kind of, you know, it sounds too easy, but it messes people up as well. They're like, what is that? <laughs> like, so I, they don't know what stump backwards just looks really weird. So you read it like, is that some puzzle? And they're like, try to think about it way too much and it's like oh it was just that easy <laughs> but i saw hints really hard when it's like a you know really long text and you have to like really think about it but i mostly for me when i make the hints i i try to make them easier because you don't have to read the hint you have to like literally click on the button show me the hint so if you don't want to do it you know if you just want to do it old school no hints you can do it without it but there's a lot of people who are like really young and they don't really know it very well. So I don't really try to make it so hard because I saw kids like, you know, seven, eight year olds, seven, eight year olds. So I don't really want to make it way too hard for them because like, I think kids enjoy this game a lot and it probably wouldn't be so fair if you like, you know, make it super, super complicated. Like if they don't want to see the hint, they don't have to. So if you want to be old school, just do it without the hints. <laughs> but I saw some hints that were so complicated. I was like, I never actually knew. So I just was like, okay, it would be easier to just to find it without a hint because this hint is so complicated. <laughs> well, so you mentioned that it's a button you can press if you want to see the hint. So on that note, what kind of tools or equipment do you bring along with you when you go geocaching? Uh, yeah, so, you know, this is very common in the community. People talk about this all the time. It always makes, always makes me laugh a lot because... I always say you need two things. You need a phone with GPS, which is basically all the phones today. You need a smartphone and a pen to sign it, right? And for me, that's it. Funnily enough, like half the time, I don't even have the pen. <laughs> I have to like, I find the cash. I don't have the pen. I'm like, oh my God. So like put it back, go to the store. I have so many pens at home because I always buy new ones because <laughs> I just forget. <laughs> but some people get like really deep into it. They have like, they have, you know, special glove. They have tweezers to like pull it out to some really small places they have they have uh, lights and you know like uv lights as well because some caches you can require uv light and like you have really specific equipment for it but to be honest i never ever had anything more than a phone and a pen and mostly not even a pen as, as i said <laughs> once i just signed myself with a stick and mud which was really <laughs> weird so i came the next day again i just did it properly because i was feeling so guilty about it <laughs> i think it's the beauty of the thing because you don't you don't have to 
like buy some expensive things. Like we, most of us are lucky enough to already have smartphones. So that's literally it. Like smartphone and a pen. Pen is like, you know, 50 cents. So it's not expensive. Like a lot of hobbies, like, oh, you want to do scuba diving? That's, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. So what I like about this, especially for the kids, because you, you can just go. Like all the kids have phones already. They just take a pen and just go do it. And there are more apps. You can have like special apps that are paid but the original geocaching.com app is, is free so like i love it oh, that's a good part of it it's like it's just all free and it's about your ability to find things not about how much money you have which is really the beauty of it for me for sure well there you go shout out to geocaching.com the original one who keeps it free for everybody so everybody can enjoy it yeah for sure like i, I love that a lot because often these things evolve a lot, right? It started like 20 years ago. Actually, this year is 20 year anniversary. So these things like get, you know, people sell companies, they change the, the structure of how they make money and stuff. And they really stay, stay true to it. And I like it's still free. Like you can buy like premium accounts if you want more stuff, but you can totally do for free and without a problem. That's great. Actually, speaking about the 20 year anniversary, did you ever take the time to learn the history of geocaching? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did. Actually, I, I like to read into things. My wife always makes fun of me that <laughs> we watch a movie. And then after the movie, I just spend like two hours like Googling all the things they said. If it's true, is it not? Well, that's interesting. So <laughs> I really like the backstory of things. And uh, so for what happened with GPS, and a lot of people don't know about it, I found it really, really interesting is GPS was originally... Um, it's an American project, right? So we have satellites in the world and they can tell you where you are. We find it so normal now, but back then it was really a revolutionary idea. But it was used for military. It's a military project originally. And then after some time, they're like, okay, people can use it as well, but it will not be accurate because that would be that could be dangerous, right? So you could use GPS, but there was like, I don't remember how much was it, like 200 feet off just for security reasons. And those 20 years ago, what happened is like, okay, it's just free for all. You can use GPS and it's accurate now. And some guy, some random guy in America was like, hey, that's great. I can just go in the desert, dig a hole, put a can, can of beans with two favorite CDs and $5 into it, put it back in the hole and put online the GPS location of it. And he did just that. And he just put it online. I was like, hey, I'm really curious if somebody will actually go there and find it. And some people did. They just drove in that place and like they found it. And they're like, hey, that's fun. You should do more of these. And now there are over 3 million active caches in every single country in the world. I think just North Korea, because they don't use GPS, it's banned there. But like every single country in the world and you can find them in antarctica and three millions it's you know it's amazing number it was just some guy who was like hey that could be fun to just hide things in the middle of nowhere and let some strangers find it <laughs> now the question is is he still hiding some out there out of those three millions he already has a million of those <laughs> <laughs> wow i never thought of it. that's a really good question i really never thought of that well what happened with the original cache is it it just like died over time because I don't know, it was, you know, it was a can of beans, probably not the best thing to hide underground, but they made like a, a plague, which shows the place. So it's it's somewhere in Oregon. 
or Washington, sorry, I don't know, Oregon or Washington, and you can like go there and see the original plague. It's like, oh, this was the first geocache ever. So they still like kind of have the place there. But I don't know about that guy at all, honestly. That's really interesting. Now after this interview, I'll go and look it up for sure. <laughs> it's like guy <laughs> who started geocaching. Where is he now? He's actually hiding somewhere himself. You have to find him. He's the final <laughs> geocache. <laughs> yeah. Or the question is, did he just do this one cache? And I was like, nah, I don't like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I was actually just getting rid of stuff. I was like, I didn't want to put it in my front <laughs> step. I just wanted to put it somewhere in and let somebody else pick it yeah. up. <laughs> Some old CDs I didn't want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, you know, old CDs, <laughs> I don't need those. Let's just put it at a random spot and give that exact location to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking about uh, making his own thing. Have you ever considered or have done your own geocaching trail? Yeah, yeah, I I did few uh, for like many many years. I didn't, so I'm caching for like eight years almost. And my first cache was I think a year ago. My first hide was like a year ago. And today I have thirteen. One in Czechia where I live mostly, and it's the the uh, cemetery I talked about. It's like in you know tiny little village. And I have thirteen more in America because I go there every year very often because I have relatives there. And so these are, I don't have so many. I think like, you know, you should have the amount you can really take care of because a lot of people like hide them and then they don't have time. They get really excited, which I love. But like then it's a lot of time. You have to go there, check if it's okay. Sometimes people even steal it. You have to like replace it. You know, it's not so easy. But when I hike in America, which I love hiking, just, you know, walking because it's such a huge country. I was like, hey, these places are too empty. They need some caches. So I put some <laughs> caches there as well. <laughs> and they, they got really popular. The, the spot where I put it wasn't so popular. Now I get locks like every two weeks. Like, hey, people actually go there. That's awesome. And, you know, they get out in fresh air and get some exercise. That's great. <laughs> well, I'm located in Canada. So if you ever want to do some challenges up here, we have a, we have a lot of space as well. <laughs> well, yeah, I was in Canada because uh, my brother lived there for a bit. And I was like, yeah, I need Canada. Uh, some find some cash in Canada. I spent a week in Canada and I tried to look for like six different caches and I swear I didn't find any at all. Oh, I was no. like, it is so hard, but <laughs> it was great. I loved it still because it was a lot of hiking, but it can be hard with the GPS in a forest. If it's really, you know, thick forest, a lot of, a lot of trees everywhere, the GPS is off a lot. And then it's really hard to find a cache there sometimes. I still enjoyed the hike because man, you live in a beautiful country. It's beautiful. But it's really hard to find those caches there. So I left Canada one week later, really sad. I didn't find any cache. <laughs> well, hopefully you didn't do it during the wintertime because then it would have been even harder. <laughs> it was right before Christmas and it was oh, just no. snowing. And it was just raining a lot. Raining, no snow. It was in uh, around Vancouver. And it was just raining every day. But it was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm located in Ottawa, which is way further east from Vancouver. And uh, snow can get pretty high. It can go... And like some days it goes up to your knee or even higher. So just one day. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a challenge for sure. Yeah, because you, on these caches, if it's really an area like that where it snows a lot, you can put like, oh, it's not accessible in winter because it's just covered in snow. So people know they don't have to hike there. And then like, yeah, there's just ice everywhere. So you can like put this information there if it's like Canada or even, you know, like Sweden. And these places get a lot of snow. So you can just say, oh, be careful, not in winter. Just come back in summer. <laughs> just come back. It'll still be there. Don't worry. It might be a little rusted if it's metal, but it'll still yeah. be there. <laughs> yeah. You have to be careful with the containers. That's why people mostly use plastic. It sounds kind of ridiculous. They just like, you know, put plastic in the forest, but it really is the best material for that because, you know, metal just 
get rusty and you end up like not even being able to open it and stuff and plastic really works very well so it's very popular and do you prefer geocaching alone or with company friends family or other geocachers to be honest if i'm outside of the city i really like doing it alone it just really gives me the thrill of me finding or not even even not finding it but it's just like me and just makes me so happy it's like oh yeah i did it and i just really like hiking and if you do it on your pace you just you know you can think about things you can clear your head but if i do it in a city i do it with my friends a lot it's just i don't really care so much it's more about like fun with friends but mostly hiking is better just by myself it's more fun and have you ever encountered another geocacher while you were doing your trail like you found he found that person found the answer first and then you came up right behind and now you're just following each other but you kind of get like this it's kind of like playing golf where you're catching up to somebody you just have to wait so they move up ahead further (laughs) yeah actually it happened to me yeah it it, i saw a whole bunch of other cashers uh, near my cache because it's right behind my house so when i go to walk my dog i just see them sneaking around that cemetery i know they're just caching for sure and i don't disturb them because i don't want to like freak them out but i saw a lot of people looking for my cache which is pretty cool i just you know look from from far just walking my dog around but even me myself hiking i i saw some other caches and it's always really nice it's just kind of awkward for the first five seconds when you ask them oh are you looking for caches and if they don't it's like what are you talking about <laughs> but i think if you do it in america it's it's okay because people are really like used to talking to each other and like, you know, randomly meet person and you're like, oh, how are you today? It's really normal in the culture, but here Czech people are kind of more distant. So like you don't really talk to strangers as much. So <laughs> you have to be really careful. Oh, you're looking for caches? <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> but I met some other people and even talked about it. And it's really, it's really fun to just meet a stranger. It's like, oh yeah, let's, let's look for another one together. That's could be fun. That's pretty cool. I love the idea that you're like, you know what? Maybe he can help me out or she can help me out with the clue. Oh, I didn't see it from this perspective. So, it's, But I also understand the idea of like doing it alone and just enjoying your time. You can go at your own speed, your own pace. You can enjoy nature. You can go hiking, get lost in Canada, find no geocaching. <laughs> but I do understand the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the thrill of doing it on your own and just going at your own speed. Yeah, yeah, both both of the ways have something good to it. But for example, if anything happened to me at Charles Bridge, it's in Prague, it's really old, super, super famous old bridge. And there is a cache there. And it's actually the most frequently visited cache in the whole world, because this place gets a lot of tourists. And when I went there, I was like, hey, I live here for a long time, I should find the cache in my capital, right? And I go there, and it's so busy. There are like three other people who are already signing the log. I was like, hey, are you cashers? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. just <laughs> sign it here. So they just hand it to me, and I sign it, and they already left. <laughs> and I just realized I don't know where the cache was. I don't know where oh, to no. put it back. <laughs> Funnily enough, someone else came, so I just gave it to him. I was like, okay, oh, it's his problem now, I guess. <laughs> to this day, it's still being handed off to another person. It never actually went back to its original spot. Yeah. <laughs> We're guys who come at 3 a.m. That has to be hard, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, this sketch gets lost a lot, unfortunately, because it's so frequent, so it gets less, get lost a lot. But it was really funny. It's like three other people looking for the same cash. I was like, I don't know where to put it back. That's That was really funny. And uh, what was the most interesting thing you've ever found while geocaching? Like like an object or like a place? Object. And you know what? Let's go with object and place. So one for object and the other one for place. <laughs> yeah, with the objects, you know, you find a lot of things you don't want to find, unfortunately. <laughs> you find a lot of trash and stuff. But I think like 
object like really interesting object to me was i i was caching and there was like uh like a shed and there was a homeless person living in it which i found like really sad i used to work with homeless people as well so i was like started to chat with him and he was like oh what are you doing here are you going for the cash i was like what and funnily enough the guy who was living right next to the cash actually knew about a cash geocache there and was like helping people out finding so he just ended up chatting with this friend person and at first, at first look at it, it was like some really sketchy shed in, you know, like a dark corner and end up like being a really nice talk. So that was really nice. But you, you end up looking around and finding a lot of like, you know, like trash and stuff you don't want to see. But sometimes it's good stuff. And sometimes people trade the stuff inside the caches as well. So you can find like some coins or even people just put money in it, which I don't really take. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> But they put like really nice coins that you can like track online as well. So you just take it from one cache, just log it online, put in different cache and log it again. And it's really nice. These these things can be kind of expensive. So it's really nice that the community still works in the way they don't just steal it. It's just like, you know, traveling around the world and you can see, oh, this coin was already traveling like 5,000 miles. It's good that the community is very respectful and people like like yourself said, you know what? I don't want to take the coins because it feels weird taking money, but... It's cool that everybody is very calm, collective, and friendly. I don't, I don't see aggressive geocachers. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so aggressive, but there are definitely people who like do it for, in my opinion, wrong reasons. They just want a lot of numbers and they don't really care about geocaching itself. So it happened to me that I was looking for a cache and I find it and it's like, okay, I found it. And then I found another one in the exact spot, which is not possible because there's like there has to be at least 161 meters in between one and another cache so what happens sometimes people just go they cannot find it and they like put their own there because they assume it's lost but they don't want to spend too much time on it i kind of ruins it because like you know just spend the time with it that's that's the fun of it look for that's treasure hunt you have to hunt for the treasure you cannot just bring your treasure and you know <laughs> that, that doesn't work but it happens but 99 percent of the community is like so nice and welcoming we actually have events as well so people it's a cash type as well it's like an event type cash so you just go there and you just hang out with people that could be a topic to it you can just play board games you can talk about traveling you can do whatever the topic is the person who started it or you have it's called cash in trash out events which is really beautiful so it's like this event you just talk to people as well but plus like the main reason to do it is you clean some dirty place there's like trash somewhere or let's say there's like graffiti on the wall and you like paint it over or once it was like a hike and we just helped us rangers to just like make the bush go away and like make the hike nicer and it can be really you know long it's like all day volunteer and it's like one cash but at, at the same time you meet people it can be really nice i think the community is really strong Funnily enough, I always feel like I'm the youngest person in these events because it's really popular with older people. And I was like, wow, you're so, you're so young. That's nice. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's nice. You can meet people of all ages and, and, you know, meet people from different cultures as well and just hang out. Because so I go on these events when I travel as well. So when I was in Bangkok, I go there and the local people just talking about geocaching in Thailand. I can tell them about how is it to geocache in Europe or in America and you can meet a lot of people as well that way that's beautiful you mentioned so you mentioned about traveling going to different countries you've already said you've been to Canada US and a few other countries as well so on that <laughs> note is there anywhere in the world that you would love to go to do geocaching oh to do geocaching wow uh wow I, there's a definitely like not in the country but I definitely would like to try geocaching in Africa because I never done it and it's super rare 
like not so many caches are in Africa. There are some countries in Africa that have like six caches. You know, it's in hundreds of thousands in Europe and some places like Kenya, they would have just a few dozens maybe. And I really would like to see how different it is because in every continent, even in every country, it's just different. Even the heights, it's really funny. Like for me to find a cache in my own country, it's really easy now. But for example, in Canada, as I said, it was just so hard. I couldn't find it. It's very it's just different way of hiding it, you know, different spots. You like you have more nature and we have, you know, more city or something, whatever reason is. So I really would like to go to Africa to find some caches and see how different it is there. And I definitely would like to see Africa. I've never been there. So I really would like to see that. And I as I mentioned in the beginning, I really like ostriches and, you know, ostriches, Africa, that's the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Hopefully somebody in Africa right now is listening to this episode and maybe they'll start their own geo trial and then somebody can uh, like you can come do it. So uh, hopefully we're spreading the information, <laughs> spreading the news, spreading the, the love, the or we're spreading the hiding. I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah. <laughs> that would be great because I would like more people to come to it. I think it can be bad if you're way, way too many, but I don't really know if, if, if there's such a thing as too many people doing geocaching because it's all over the place. So it's not like they're in one location, but I really would like more people to do it because you just, you know, go out, you go out, you walk. And I think, well, it's, it's different in now because when we are recording this right now, it's, you know, coronavirus time, so you can't really go out. But most of the time people say, oh, it's too bad, you know, you're just play video games at home and you just work and work and this really gives you the reason to just go and randomly hike and even in a city like you never really have a reason to randomly walk in ottawa do you like you you, you know you go to a pub you go to visit a friend but you never really just walk around for no reason and this is a great reason to just randomly walk around and you'll be surprised you would find places you would never ever think that exist in your own hometown like you, you think you know the place and then you start geocaching. It's like, wow, I have never been here. It's so beautiful. <laughs> you know what? I completely agree with you. I love just exploring and finding new things and going places that I'm like, oh, that didn't exist. Well, I said I didn't exist. It just didn't exist in the back of my mind because I never went there. But <laughs> I completely agree. It's it's a cool experience. Right now, uh, my wife and I go for daily walks because she's pregnant. So uh, that's <laughs> we don't. I don't think she has the energy to go ge- geocaching for five hours straight. But <laughs> maybe once the little one is here, we'll go geocaching as a family. Oh, yeah, I think that's that's really popular. I think it would be great for for your kid as well. Or maybe not if he's six months old, but you know, if you feel like two or three year old, it's already good. Like they go in nature and they like kids love puzzles, kids love treasure hunts. You know, it's, I think it's really great. And I see a lot of people doing it as a family. Or even I saw like after school club doing it together it was really cute it was like a teacher with like 12 little kids and they're running around like crazy it's like, oh i found it i found it it's, it's great it's like you know boy scout but just for like the city treasure hunt <laughs> the only thing you need is your curiosity and then the rest is more or less easy right <laughs> oh yeah some patience yeah I would say some patience because it can get really hard but on each cache you have you have a terrain level and difficulty level so it tells you what you can expect so if you like go with kids you're like okay i don't want to you know i don't want a crazy hike i don't want to scuba dive for <laughs> i don't want to climb trees <laughs> and also you can ch- you can choose how complicated to find it is so if it's difficulty one it's just really easy. You should be able to find it within like two minutes. But if it's difficult, the five, you know, can take you a week. <laughs> and for you, what would you say is the best part about geocaching on a personal and an emotional level? Yeah, I think meeting with people on these events, it's really nice. But for me, it's definitely 
looking, not, not looking, but like finding the spots you didn't know that exist and kind of learning the history behind it as well. So like you think you know places and then you find this other new spot and something amazing happened there as well. And, you know, in the listing, they just explain it and this and this happened there. As we said, like there is a tree that, you know, Alva Edison like like to, you know, sit under and, and talk about things like super specific. But you can learn a lot about places you didn't know that they even exist. And I think that's great. And it's really it's really puzzling your mind all the time. It's like, oh, you like, look, let's look, let's look at it from this place. And you have to really use your brain a lot. There's a type of cache that's called a mystery cache. So you have to like solve a puzzle first, and then it will tell you where it is. And this can be really fun. Like it puzzles your brain so much. You have to know, you know, Morse code, or you have to finish a Sudoku, or or you have to like <laughs> do all these kind of crazy things, and then. At the end, if you're successful, they will tell you where the cache is. So that could be really, really, really puzzling. I don't know why, <laughs> but I have a feeling you're really good at uh, escape rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually never done one. Oh. <laughs> but a friend of mine worked in one, so I watched it a lot. It sounds like a lot of fun, but I don't know why, but I never done one. I should do it. <laughs> you're right. Maybe I would be good. <laughs> it's because they know you're already too good. You're like, you go in, it's like, oh, Felix is here. He's going to solve it in five seconds easily. You just point there, 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 done. <laughs> well, you know, now it's just so much pressure because if I tell them I do a lot of puzzling things, they're like, yeah, come on, show me the big brain. And I will be like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> There's one time I went and because I was taking an Uber and I forgot my car keys or my house keys in the uh, Uber. And then when I went in to do the uh, escape room, I realized I didn't have my keys that I left it in the car and I was panicking because you couldn't get out of the room until you solve it. I'm like, oh, okay, pull everything, touch everything. Uh, I was doing everything and we solved it. <laughs> but it wasn't because I was like trying to have fun. Of course it was fun, but it was more like I need to get my keys back. So I need to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you? It took, I think it took like uh, 35 minutes for a one hour thing. So we were really uh, quick. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's really fast. That's a good job. My mind went into panic mode and apparently it works very well to escape a room in panic mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you have the reason to do it really fast, it probably works good. And for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started geocaching? At the beginning, it kind of like got more boring because they all looked the same in the area I was. And I was like, you know, it's just not as fun. But then I like looked at it from different angles. I was like, hey, let's just was just do different caches you know I, I was doing like only traditional caches and i start new ones and it was just way more fun that way and then i realized oh i can you know go in the woods as well and i think sometimes just it's not as much fun for me when i do it for like really a lot like intensely i, I tend to do these things like i don't do it for a year and then I'm like oh let's do it like every single day but i think i have to realize i have to do it for fun not for like Oh, I need to find so many caches and just enjoy it. And I think that's that's important to me. And what is your current challenge today, if you have one? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if I will ever do it, but my challenge is to find a cache in every single country, which can be really, you know, that's <laughs> so when I will be 75, I hope to do that. But I like traveling as well. So I kind of want to see every single country in the world. But funnily enough, I didn't find caches in like how the places out of scene it's like wow i have to go back there and find them again <laughs> but i'm not really super keen onto it but i would really like to find a cache in like every every country i go to and preferably every country in the world that would be great if it's possible 
So I have to ask, I know I should have asked this at the be- uh, closer to the beginning, but how many countries have you done geocaching in? I didn't count it, but I think it was like, I was looking at it, it was like 12, 14, I think. Yeah, something like that. It wasn't every country I visited because sometimes I was in the mood like, oh, I'm not geocaching now. I had like off season and I visited a country, so I didn't I didn't look for a cache there. But I think I found it in like 12 or 14 countries probably. And it's just different in every country for sure. So it's really fun to do it in every country you go to. Well, you only have what, a few more hundred <laughs> to do? 200 or so? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 200, around 200 countries. But what I always say, you know, there are always new countries. You know, you if you... If you will look at it again 20 years, there will be some new country somewhere. <laughs> you can always go there. <laughs> yeah, there's a few, like, I think there's like a couple dozen countries in the Pacific Ocean as well. So, yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that will be a challenge. And probably these places will be really not just hard to get at, but, get at, but there will be just one cache in the whole country probably. So that, that would be that would be fun. <laughs> I was just looking at the North Korea. You know, like, yeah, they kind of had one cache and they didn't. It's like, well, now I have to wait for someone else to start a new cache there. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be probably a while before you'll be able to go to North Korea to do uh, any type of geocaching. Yeah, probably. Well, hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, has geocaching ever stressed you out? And if so, what do you do to relax, de-stress? Honestly, I'm stressed while geocaching kind of often. And it sounds horrible because I enjoy it, but it just stresses me out if it's more than five minutes. I don't know why, because I'm fine spending an hour on it, but it's still, I'm just stressed the whole time. I'm like, oh, come on, you do this for eight years. You found so many and you can find this super easy. It's like difficulty one. How do I not see it? And it happened to me in America so many times. I was like, it's just impossible. How can I not see it? And I'm walking around the same spot for like half an hour. So, so stress difficulty one and then it was like under a lamp and i was like wow how did i not see it and then i like that calms me down so really what helps with the stress is just finish it go for it you know look at it look at the end of the tunnel and just go for it find it and then i'm just so happy but honestly longer you look for it the happier you are at the end so it really works but even if i don't find it i don't really i'm not upset about it it's just like yeah i will come back and most i even do i'm like i will come back if I have the chance, I'll just come back and like, now I will try it from a different angle. <laughs> and do you, this is an odd question, but do you ever videotape, let's say like put a GoPro on your chest to just videotape your adventure? I don't have a body cam or anything like that. But sometimes when I have, when I found really, really interesting cash, I do take videos because especially if you're on some, you know, really interesting spot or if the cache is really specific. Because as I said, most of them, most, most 95%, is just like basic Tupperware or like ammunition box or something. But some of them are like super complicated and you have to bring your own battery and put it on something and just starts moving and there's a light in it and it's like super complicated. So when I see these, I always take a video and I like send it to people like, see, this is geocaching. You have to start. It's so much fun. And then they like start doing it it's like, hey, I never found any interesting. Like, it's like, yeah, find a couple hundred and you will find it. <laughs> when you find a cache, you can put like a favorite point on it. So for like every, I think, 50 caches you find, you can choose one that you really liked. And then other people see these favorite points. So if you really don't have much time and you're like, hey, I just want to find the best of the best. And you can like find just the best one in all United States because like 10,000 people put like a favorite point on it. So and then you you really know it's like something really awesome and really special. And these I just tend to videotape and just send it to people to inspire them to do it as well. It's just going to keep growing. The more people who do it, the more places it's going to be hidden and the more things you can find. 
Uh, you might even find things underneath the lamp. I'm, you know what I'm telling you? I'm telling you that that lamp was not there the whole time. You were just walking around and somebody came and just put the lamp there and then it just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know the lamps work that way that you could like lift the bottom part. I didn't think of it. I thought it was just like drilled in it and I didn't think of it. And then I was looking at it. I was like, it's there, isn't it? And then I lift it and I was like, it's there. And then like I found so many other ones under a lamp and it's just so funny that you can find the first time. But definitely more people in the hobby eventually they start doing their own heights and they they you know put the cash somewhere and then like it's bigger and bigger and some people like hey it's all the old thing i was like well it's it was never bigger than now three million and going you know it's and if, if some cash is not taken care of they delete it but the new one pops out because it's it's, it's interesting spot or something so more people the merrier and since it's 20 years old i'm sure throughout that time there has been some misconceptions about it so if you don't mind me asking, what are some misconceptions about people who do geocaching? <laughs> I think a lot of people think it's just like a nerd hobby. You know, you're just like weird. I don't know why, but like IT person, geek, nerd. And it's definitely not true. Even if it is, I don't, I'm IT person myself. So I kind of play into the stereotype. But a lot of people think because it's GPS, it is like, oh, it's like something with computers, but it's not like that at all. I met so many old people. They even actually do it old school without a GPS. They like find a map in GPS, then put it in their paper map and then like go at the actual spot. And they're like, wow, that's more fun that way. So we have like old people, young people and people from all over the place. But very often people think it's some like IT hobby, but it's, it's not at all. It's online, but like what isn't online today? <laughs> You know what, for me personally, when I think of people doing geocaching, I think of people who love hiking and puzzles at the same time and just love to combine them both together. And that's totally awesome. Yeah, for sure. I think it has a lot to do with hiking. At least for me, that's that's the best one, best part of it. But I think it has a lot to do with hiking because it's not as much fun if you just like drive right to it. Because you can do that, but it's not so much fun. But if you like walk to it somewhere, you know, have to climb a little bit, that's just, that's way more thrilling. I don't know if this is considered geocaching or within the same realm of geocaching, but one year for our anniversary, this is very, very simplified, but I bought some fishing line and I went through in my entire house, putting fishing line and little clues for my wife to follow. And uh, it went outside the house, <laughs> wrapped around and there's like finding a gift there, a clue, a little uh, poem, but it's not like she had to go there. She just had to follow the line. But it's like the same idea of like finding uh -huh. new spots. And I always, I love doing stuff like that. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds really awesome. That's really nice of you. She's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, it took her two hours to do. <laughs> oh, okay. I take it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds really awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. I, I might do it again. I honestly did have a great time. I was like, I went through the entire house outside and yeah, I have it all on video. It took two hours, but I did a sped up. I made it really fast. So like, and out of those like cartoonish, like music behind it. So it kind of looked comedic as well. So I, I might share it later on in the future, but yeah, it was really fun to do. And I think she, I think she enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. I think you can do it with geocaching as well. Like, you know, first you take people to some really, you know, spot in the middle of nowhere, and then you can kind of have this kind of, you know, treasure hunt of its own in the place that's possible as well like some sometimes you have to not just find the box but you find the place where it's supposed to be but then you have to like do some puzzle 
there, you know, in field puzzles. So it, you should do it somewhere as well. You should start on your own geocache. You know what? I have a feeling somebody like a couple that does geocaching, maybe I'm sure one of them has actually tried this once where they made a proposal <laughs> where the last thing they found was like a diamond ring. Hopefully nobody else found it. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I definitely know about caches. They're like, oh, 10 years anniversary or five year mm. anniversary with my wife. So they're like, you know, they tell the story of the couple and they're like we are together since then and they're like pictures in it that's really sweet never found a never found a ring in a cache but still hoping <laughs> still hoping <laughs> yes the final goal i'm gonna get engaged <laughs> to the person who created this trail <laughs> the stranger i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and so for you what has geocaching taught you in life i think it taught me it's kind of weirdly that like even if you are in some place it is not what it seems to be, or it doesn't have to be what it seems. You're like sitting in McDonald's park, parking spot, and you're like, think you know the play, you're looking around you and you don't think anything special. But me just thinking about geocaching, I always looking at like, yeah, there are gonna be some caches here. I just have to like turn my phone on and I look at like objects differently. It's pretty weird. I look at a lamp, it's okay, that's a hide for sure. <laughs> but sometimes like it's not, right? Like it, there are not so many of them, but sometimes I literally I don't even look in my app and like this spot really looks like there's something hidden there. And like that's really weird. I do that a lot and it's fun. I was like, wow, nothing's there. Well, there should be. <laughs> I'm gonna put something there. <laughs> just yeah. it's too perfect it's, it's just it's not it it's an empty spot it, or i get what you mean is the idea like there's something wrong with this image it's, it's like when you're playing yeah. a video game or in a movie it's like that spot it's right there it's right there there's something there i think it <laughs> happens a lot that people actually just see the spot first and they're like oh yeah there should be a cat i think that's a better way because you like really know the spot it's worse like if you like looking for a spot purposely so it's kind of harder to find a good one but if you're like oh yeah this spot will be crazy good for hiding something big there for example it's like yeah that's that's really good but i think it you know it taught me something about gps i never thought about it you know it's just this magic app we have in a phone we don't even know what it does and now i just like really think about it more it's like hey why it doesn't work in the forest us good hey why it doesn't work if there's like a skyscraper next to me and you kind of go deeper into it and you learn more about all these really weird numbers you know oh why is it 54 degrees why is it 48 degrees and you kind of think about how it all works and kind of how crazy it is that we can have this technology you know how far we came as humanity and very often i see these shirts it's really popular in geocaching community it's like i use multi-trillion dollar uh, satellite system to find tupperware in the <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what it is and it's hilarious it is and we're lucky it is like that it's great <laughs> but you know what as long as it keeps you happy and it keeps people out of trouble and it just encourages curiosity and learning more about your environment i think it's a wonderful thing Oh, yeah, especially with those uh, cash-in, trash-out events. I think they really stepped up when they came with it because it's not from the beginning. So a lot of these events are about, you know, putting trash out of the woods. And, you know, you know, just it can be anything. You can – there are some events in, like uh, – in like old cemeteries and they don't have enough money to like make the old tombstones look nice so these people just come in and just volunteer and it can be anything i actually did one of my own in cyprus when i was there on vacation i was like hey this beach is dirty let's just do cash and trash out event and i just bought a bunch of uh, trash bags and like people can just come and like help you take the trash out and it's really great that can be anything you can you know uh, paint over graffiti you can like fix 
some old castle. It can be anything, really. There's no limit to it. You just have to know that the you know the owner of the castle is okay with it. <laughs> this is pretty interesting because I interviewed a guy many episodes ago about plogging, which is j uh, jogging while picking up trash. Oh. So it's kind of like in the same realm of like enjoying nature, going outside and picking up trash. But you add the aspect of geocaching. I mean, I just love the connection of like, oh, cool. You're both doing things wow, to help society. Yeah. I'll send you the link after. Yeah, I never heard about it. Yeah, that's really good because very often I'm like, there is so much trash everywhere you go. And when I go geocaching, I just like see like a big piece of some trash and I just grab it and take it back to the car with me. And I actually always think every time I'm like, hey, I should just always do it with a backpack and trash bag. But then I just forget. <laughs> but plugging, I never heard of it, but that sounds awesome because I think there's way too much trash everywhere. And I don't think so. We need some you know, big miracle. I think the only thing to change that is if you see trash, just pick it up. Just one thing or you know, two things. And if everyone does that, no more trash. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's a piece of advice from Felix. And actually on that note, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Yeah, I think you shouldn't think about it too hard. Just have a phone, just have a pen or pencil and go for it. You know, read the rules. Sure. So, you know, you don't destroy it or something, but it's really easy. Like you're good to go in five minutes. And some people think about it too hard and they ask me, oh, should I buy this? Should I buy that? You don't need actual GPS. You know, just your phone is fine. Just the pen is fine. So like, just go for it and you will love it. And, you know, if you want to know more about it, just, you know, go on a local event, ask people and they will talk about it so long, you will not even want to know so much. <laughs> it's like people love to share <laughs> stories about it. So there are always people who are happy to help to and, you know, explain things that are more, more complicated. But if you're interested in it, just go for it. Like, you know, just go for it now, today. <laughs> right now. End this podcast. This right podcast now. is almost done. But go, you know what? Listen to this podcast while geocaching. There you go combination you get to hear <laughs> yeah, felix just, talk about it yeah. <laughs> just put it in your phone and on the way driving to some cash just listen to the rest of the podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah it's gonna pump you up and actually talking about how to get started what was the website you mentioned before at the beginning that would be pretty helpful for people to learn more about geocaching so the website is geocaching.com and there are more websites to it, but I think most of them got taken down. So this is like the most major, it's definitely official website. So it's just geocaching.com. It's free. You can like just re register and that's then then you just find all the caches. There are some other like more specific websites, but I never really even went there. So this is awesome. You can just sign up and go. Perfect. I'll put that description down below so people can go check that out. They will have to find it in my description. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I won't make it that hard. I'll make it easy. So you don't have, you don't need make a GPS. A yeah. You don't need a GPS to find that link. <laughs> you have to decrypt it somehow yeah. in Morse code. <laughs> Everything is backwards, upside down and transparent. Yes. Yeah. I think it's really funny how these things like Morse code, no one uses it anymore, right? Like Boy Scouts use it in some like specific groups, but in geocaching community, these things are so big. I find it kind of ridiculous. Like we all using these codes, nobody else is using anymore. So every time I'm like, oh, how to decrypt this? And it just puts me on like geocaching websites. Like they already know I'm looking for a cache. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love, I just love the creativity of it. The idea of like thinking outside the box to find what's inside the box. That's where we're saying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I, one of my caches I did was the mystery cache. And what it definitely, what it said, like how to find it, it was like in like 16 different languages. Oh, wow. And you just had to figure out which language is which, which is pretty easy with Google Translate. But it's like a lot of fun. It's just like you have to look, oh, this is in German. This is in Swedish. This is in Navajo, you know. <laughs> and now for the last question. Do you have any questions for me about geocaching? 
have you ever, first that's that's not even a question have you ever tried it before no i've never tried it a full-scale geocaching i'd love to try it um but once again it was like i thought you had to buy like the big actual gps like the one with the you know the ones that you get uh-huh. like you see in like nature shows like the one that's the size of yeah, an old like game thousand dollars yeah they had the two thousand dollar thing, yeah, the $2, thing. <laughs> but like that was my misconception before but you're saying phones nowadays are so advanced you could do it yeah um I, I might be curious to just go check it out on the website see if there's anything in ottawa like right around me why not if it's a short walk i'll go oh, with my for wife sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there will be like hundreds in ottawa for sure like in every major city you will have hundreds for sure it's pretty popular in big cities so yeah so the question is, are you going to try it? <laughs> are you actually going to go for it? You know what? If once my son is born, I would love to do it with him because I was a curious kid as a child. And in the 90s, the geocaching wasn't a thing. But I, because you mm-hmm. said it started in the year 2000, so I didn't uh-huh. have the chance to grow up with it. But uh, you know what? Why not? It's, it encourages curiosity. I've always been a big fan of promoting your curiosity. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really good because... You, if you log it online after you sign it in in person, you have to log it online as well. Well, you don't have to, but you should. Otherwise, no one knows you've been there. But you can also put a picture in it, so you can like take a picture. It's like, hey, I'm out with my with my son, and you like write a little story. Like, if you don't want to, you don't have to. You're just like, okay, thank you for the cash. But sometimes I I like to put these little stories. Like, okay, so I was hiking for two hours, and it was raining, and all these things. <laughs> but then you can even put picture so it'd be funny like yeah if you were hiking with my you know one-year-old son and it's his birthday and you can like put the whole thing and put like a picture and the owner of the cash will love it for sure every time somebody finds my cash and he says the whole story and how like i hate you because it was so hard it always makes me laugh <laughs> like yes objective complete this is what i wanted to do from all along <laughs> it worked well you know what i do want to try it out once my son's here because i want to have some curious moments because i was a curious kid but, like when i was a kid I don't, this is not necessarily related to geocaching but i would go back in my backyard and lift up every rock to look at the bugs and then put it down go to the next rock lift it up <laughs> look at the bugs don't touch them just look at them put it down so i've always been curious <laughs> and i guess that's why i do this podcast because i'm curious about hobbies like your own yeah i like how you put the rocks back that's really nice because sometimes people just take it apart looking for it and then like don't put it back that's good i like it but very <laughs> often it's in fake rocks as well so i think you will enjoy a lot of lifting rocks and look it under it <laughs> i'm gonna try to lift up a tree <laughs> yeah. a fake tree <laughs> You should get some scuba dive lesson. Oh, I did. I did do it once, but uh, God, I, scuba diving. And then there's one uh, from skydiving. You know, you just do skydiving, geocaching. I don't know how that works. Maybe <laughs> there's a balloon levitated in the air. And every week somebody brings in a new balloon to make it just sit there. <laughs> That'd be challenging. That sounds like a big project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Felix, for coming on and just sharing your passion and sharing your love for curiosity and traveling the world and just doing geocaching. Thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for doing your podcast. I was listening to it and it's just amazing how people can get so excited about things and I love it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. This is a platform for anybody with a hobby and Felix just said, you know what? I want to talk about my hobby and I'm like, you know what? I want you to talk to me about your hobby. (laughs) Okay. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more about geocaching, you can go check out that website that Felix shared. I'll put that in the description below. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, on a maybe even leave a review and put it in a geocaching uh, box i don't know (laughs) just 
be creative if you want. <laughs> and if you want to show some <laughs> more good. support, you can also, uh, I have merchandise being sold on Redbubble and I also have a Patreon. It's not, you don't need to do it, but it's optional if, it's, if you want to. So once again, thank you so much, Felix. Thank you for inviting me. Have a great day. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>